The Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Main Street Pharmacy. Located right on Main Street in Blacksburg, Virginia, Main Street Pharmacy is proudly owned by a Hokie family and has been a partner of this podcast since 2020. MSP offers free delivery, curbside pickup, and vaccinations as well. If you are a student or resident in the Blacksburg area, you can always trust that at Main Street Pharmacy, you are not just a number, you are a neighbor. Monday, September 4th, it's Labor Day, but that doesn't mean that we get off from talking about the Virginia Tech Hokies opening up the season. We'd actually be remiss, Pat, to not talk about, at a high level, the weekend that we did have. So, Wednesday night, Bruce Springsteen, fantastic, 11 out of 10. Thursday night, Smith Mountain Lake, Friday night, Blacksburg, Saturday, football, all day long. Are you recovered? I'm still very much tired. It was a marathon. <laughs> it was a uh, a marathon, Bill. We were driving all down 81 on Thursday, the day after the show. Had a great time. Hung out with our guy, JC, at the Smith Mountain Center for Complete Dentistry. Did some, <laughs> uh, did some wake surfing. That was a ton of fun. Uh, pulled up to Blacksburg on Friday night. And uh, all of a sudden, it was Christmas morning on Saturday. Yeah. Pat Pat woke me up very early saying it was Christmas morning on uh, on Saturday, pre-coffee, pre-run. But uh, perfect weather day in Blacksburg. We're going to talk about all of it. Look, the first time we do season previews, we got to get our fastball back, but we're going to try to talk about everything that is important. The most important thing is the Hokies stepped away from this game with a win, 36 to 17 very quick tale of the tape Hokies don't only win they also cover regardless of if you got in on 16 or 16 and a half this is the most points ever scored in the coach pry era at 36 points and we won the turnover battle three turnovers to zero um so an awesome awesome outcome on that pat why don't you go ahead and take it away with the Hokie haiku this one comes from our friend Grant Watson. There are a lot of Grant W's in Lane Stadium on Saturday night. We had Grant Watson with us in Section 5. We had Grant Wells spinning the bean. And we had Grant Wilson from the ODU Monarchs, uh, their quarterback as well. But this one comes from Grant uh, Watson here. Hokies get revenge. Please let Grant Wells air it out. Sons of Section 5. Thank you, Grant Watson. We did do a Section 5 win photo at the conclusion when the uh, the ticker hit 0 That was a ton of fun. Thank you for everyone who came over to Section 5 and jumped in that picture. Shout out to Michael Conway, our guy, for taking the picture. Hopefully we can get uh, five more of those at home this year. But Bill? I, I think uh, we'd be remit. I can't believe we went this long without talking about it. So – uh, at the end of this podcast, there will be a about 15 minutes that I did with Grant uh, with Grant Wells, 
Uh, you can either check out that interview in its entirety on YouTube or stick around to the end of this episode. Uh, sat down with Grant Wells for about 15 minutes this morning. Really, really enjoyed speaking with him. So um, as you can see, if you're watching on the YouTube channel, if you're not, check us out on YouTube. Uh, I, I am going to give myself the captainship of the Let Grant Wells Cook Club. I was screaming it all night long from Section 5, which is where we watched. Um, super, super fired up about Grant Wells, and we'll talk about that when we get into the game. As far as where did we watch and where did we tailgate, started out, as we always did do, at the German Club, but we also made our way over to Tots. For uh, shout out to our guy Austin Rakes with this new PBR sponsorship. He had a nice little bar tab passing around the PBR. We had koozies, we had friendship, we had fun. Um, and it was just a beautiful, beautiful day outside for um, Tots Patio outside. Uh, Pat, any other observations from the from the tailgate stuff? We were in lot one for a little while, which was fun. Um, we were all over the place. Yeah, just you know, you got the eight o'clock kickoff. And obviously, you know, I'm getting up and early and trying to trying to get my day started, you know, knocking out the Kroger run, knocking out, you know, we had to go to Alumni Hall and make a run there naturally. Um, had to get my car. It was at my sister's. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's a long day and you got to pace yourself. You got to figure out, hey, what's the plan? Where are we going to be? How am I going to keep my phone charged? You know, um, hey, do I have enough sunscreen on? I bought some sunscreen from Kroger and I was layering it up and it was disgusting. Like it was like the most disgusting sunscreen. <laughs> yeah, that's about it from the tailgate scene. Obviously popped in at lot two as well. Saw our squad over at the lot two tailgate crew and uh, watched in section five with our usual suspects. Big play Trey joined us. Uh, on Saturday night as well. Trey's first time in Section 5, is that right, Phil? First time in Section 5, yep. Um, had a really good time hanging out with Trey. Had some had some new faces, had some familiar faces, had some faces that we wish were there that we know will be there either next week or later on. So um, really, really excited about that for, uh, for next week. Um, in terms of the production, look, this is not – we're not in here giving crazy productions. It's basically A, C, F. Uh, the production from the game, from what I have seen, uh, the game was on ACC Network. It was talked about all offseason. ACC Network brings Polaroid cameras to football games. Uh, we saw the the Sandman video from last year was played over and over and over again. ACC Network stepped it up. I think the bullying actually worked. Sometimes it does. The cameras for Sandman were fantastic. The production was fantastic. I saw that they had an interview where uh, Eddie Royal played catch with Ollie Jennings before the game started um, and interviewed him during it. They had a TNT-style interview post-game with Coach Pry. He came up to the set um, and joined everybody and interviewed him for about 10 minutes. And then Ollie Jennings joined again with the post-game table. His whole family got to go up there. I was overwhelmingly impressed with with ACC network. I thought they did a great job. Even Pat, we talked about this before, the pregame like posts and like hype videos they were putting. The ACC network stepping it up. It was incredible. There's the hourglass of the lunch pail uh with the backdrop of Lane Stadium. That was really cool. Really well done. The uh videos that were going out the day before, hyping it up. Um unlike anything I've ever seen. 
ACC Network stepping it up for us, just like Carolina stepped it up against South Carolina, and just like Florida State stepped it up against LSU last night. So, you know, we are we are carrying the ACC flag here this week. Virginia Tech with a big out-of-conference Sunbelt win. So uh, shout-out to our friends over at ACC Network. But, yeah, production was great. Um, atmosphere, incredible, as always. Um, and, you know, a, a fan base as good as our fan base, where 30 minutes before kick, 45 minutes before kick, you're in there, and you're like, there are a ton of people in this building. North End Zone is packed to the gills. Um, just a lot of, a lot of fun. Things to uh, just kind of notes from the game. So Pat and I get through security. By the way, the metal detector thing, not not bad at all. Yeah. Like it, it added maybe maybe 30 seconds. I, like the whole game, I was like, this is going to be a disaster. It's going to take forever. It, it, it did honestly didn't affect it, I think, at yeah. all. No, it was great. Th- those are your tax dollars at work, Virginian. Yes, that's another that. fun fact. We yeah, found out that the funded. school, yeah, the school didn't have to pay for them. So this didn't affect the 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 weight budget or the uh, or anything along those lines. This was paid for by the state, so so no worries on that. Since we saved since we saved money there, we were able to get the marching Virginians some new uniforms. How about that? That's true. That's I true. Mean, you know, we we have the uniform debate on Twitter every day in the off season. Well, <laughs> you know who had the new threads? It wasn't the team on the field. It was the team right above the field. The MVs. Look good. Um, last couple of things before we get into the game. And I promise we will talk about this football game. Um, so we get in and we're walking over to section five, and somehow, somehow, Pat and I end up on the field for the game. And we take a hilarious photo with the hokey bird. And um enter Sandman on the field. And my favorite observation was this. Um, so Taylor Tannebaum was her first time ever doing sideline reporting. Shout out to her. And Pat and I go over, you can see the video. We both give her a fist bump and she's like, I don't want to say she's nervous, but it's a big deal. You're doing your first ever sideline reporting at night at Lane Stadium. It's super loud. Team runs out. I'm getting ready to run over to section five and she turns around and she holds her arm up like this and she points at her arm. I was like, I was like, is she saying it's game time? Like what is, what, what is she doing here? And then I look and every single Bump of the goose variety is showing on the uh, on the arm. It was really, really. I wish somebody had captured a, a picture of that, but it was it was awesome. Brad, Evan, Hokey Club events, like incredible, incredible job. Skipper, Skipper, great job. Fire. Students, great job. Students were there the whole game. Students were loud. They were proud. They were fantastic. Love so, um, ten minutes in, let's start talking about the football game. Uh, we're going to start with things to improve. What are things that we need to get better at? Uh, number one, targeting is the worst rule in sports. It, it Targeting is unnecessary playing of football penalties. Um, we had five reviews for targeting on this game. I have no idea if this was due to college football trying to send a message in week one. Sometimes you saw that in the NBA a couple of years ago. They used to call travels a lot, double dribbles a lot, because they were like, we're going to really hammer down on this. And um, it was horrible. It felt like it, it was it was screwing up the whole game. So, you know, I don't know if that was what the point was for. In my opinion, 
they need to incorporate some sort of flagrant foul type rule where there's intent. And if there's intent for it, you get kicked out. If there's not intent, you get a warning and a 15 yard penalty. I have no idea. Um, if you don't like violence, don't watch football. That That's it. Like, you know, you, you know what you're signing up for uh, and they know what they're playing. Um, but the Hokies will lose Feldarius Payne for the first half of next week against Purdue because he did get hit with targeting in the second half. I saw a kid, you know how like if you're at like a a concert or a live band's playing at a bar and you want the band to play like Iris or something, and you go on Snapchat and you blow it up in big letters and hold it up. I saw some guy do that and it just said targeting and he was just like waiting, <laughs> waiting around because of how obsessed the stripes were with calling targeting on Saturday night. Um it's really, really derailing the game. Yeah, you know, we're having mm. a good time, and all of a sudden, it's another targeting call, and we're like, well, that did not look like targeting at all in the first glance. And, um, you know, you're just, you're just ruin, ruining the football game, and, you know, we're going to lose these guys for a half. I guess we're going to lose Payne and Jalen Stroman or just one of them. So from what I understand from this article, and it may be worded wrong, it, it says that Jalen Stroman – had his penalty in the first half. So it says um, first ODU's Amore Morrison was ejected in the first quarter for targeting for his hit on Kyron Jones on the transfer's first play in black. So then Jalen, then Virginia Tech's Jalen Stroman was tossed for targeting in the second half. Virginia Tech's Feldarius Payne was ejected due to targeting and will miss the next, the first half of the next game against Purdue. Um, after that, after f- the Feldarius Payne, um, targeting call there were two other targeting penalties that were reviewed and then turned over um but yeah i just hate it i hate targeting um it's the worst world rule in sports and and that's it i I don't really have anything else pat what uh what from the virginia tech hokey specifically do you think needs to needs to improve here yeah i I think just losing jalen stroman you had mose phillips and you had Jalen Jones both logging a lot more snaps than you probably anticipated here. Um, and, you know, our run defense was not very good on Saturday night. Um, we had given up 201 rushing yards. I think 85 of them came from Grant Wilson, who, you know, I looked in my notes, um, had never played in front of a crowd more than 5,000 people and also looked like Pat Finn out there. Um, and when I say that, I mean, you know, just visually, he didn't really look like much of an athlete. <laughs> Don't do that. Damn, <laughs> God. Um, you know, he kind of looked like a high school version of Daniel Jones. He had the Kurt Warner, Eli Manning sleeves going on. It was just, you know, why is this guy getting through and running for first down? He also had like a Gatorade towel, like like Friday Night Lights style. He had like a Gatorade towel flopped over uh, his belt. It, it was it was, inter- it was an interesting look. I will say he, he rambered and scampered and scampered all over the place on some of his uh, scrambles, but he, he was pretty bad. He was pretty bad. Yeah. Um, I, you know, Grit saw yeah. him on the sideline getting attended to. Uh, was bleeding, like, right out of his ear. So, um, you know, just a gritty performance by Grant Wilson. <laughs> um, 
Other, other than that, hang on, I'm I'm finding my place in my notes here. Um, the pat so so the uh, the run defense was not great. Uh, our, our linebackers did not have a great game. Um, and from what I understand, these are some some adjustments that we can make. Um, I know that Will Johnson got a lot of time. He's probably the most natural run stopper uh, that has tenure in the linebacker room right now. Can I tell you, I just love just just the way he looks on the field. I love he has on like the shoulder strap, a bunch of eye black number 53. Like, I just I don't know, man. Will Johnson. Will Johnson fires me up. It's like it's like we pulled him out of Happy Valley. Um, yes. He's got that, you know, Chase Williams, Jake Johnson uh, look to him. Uh, you know, former both of them were Mike linebackers in the past for uh, Bud Foster defenses. Mm. Um, didn't so yeah, the run defense was not good. Um, it, it seemed like on on third down, OD was converting mostly in the first half um, when it was still close. Um, but thankfully, you know, we had turnovers in the second half that really negated any opportunity for ODU to score. Um, pass defense was a lot better. Do you have any other commentary on the on the run defense? I know that you know I'm not yeah. I'm not here on on linebacking play, but um, I do know that. You know, some adjustments can be made to make sure that yeah. we're in the box. And yeah, I think I think we did a really poor job um, with a. I I I need to watch a little bit more of it, but from you know first reactions, it looks like we did a poor job on the read stuff. Our defensive uh, defensive ends really struggled on what their responsibility was on some of that. Uh, some of the quarterback read, the trap play that they continued to run, whether it was trap or power. Uh, just crushed us. It seemed like every single they would run it once and then run it again two plays later and then run it again two plays later and they get 15 yards every single time. So again, it's game one, in my opinion. Um, and we'll talk about this when we get into some of the things that we loved. All of the stuff that went wrong are fixable things. It wasn't necessarily like, okay, this team isn't like even talented enough to compete with an old Dominion. This team is, you know from a talent level on the same, on the same line as, uh, as old dominion in terms of other things that needed to improve. We did a really poor job establishing the run. Um, our offensive line did a great job in pass protection, but, um, the run game was just absolutely not there. Um, for Virginia tech, um, you know, Basil Tutin, he ran hard. He fell forward. He had 19 carries, but finished with 55 yards. That guy might break the record for most carries in a season. Um, Malachi Thomas had 12 carries for 22 yards. We had 109 total yards rushing. Yuck. Uh, and our largest, our longest run of the game was 10 yards. Um, you know, that's uh, just not just not a recipe for success. I know it's a new unit, and hopefully that's something um, that we can get better at. And then, Pat, I know you want to talk about uh, kind of uh, poor offense in the red zone. I know we left a lot of points on the field there. Yeah, yeah. I think that early in the game, we were kind of panicking a little bit, you know, and obviously there's going to be some knee-jerk, uh, way too early reactions just based from a small sample size of a half of football. You know, you got the jitters for the first game. You're going to see the most improvement from game one to game two over the course of the season. but. Um, you know, just kind of seemed like the offense didn't really have an identity um, or know what our identity is in that first uh, part of the game. And thankfully, we turned it around in the second half, but definitely had some woes in the red zone. Um, yeah. 
on the on the identity thing, I talked about this with Grant Wells. So again, not an excuse. It's just it's just something that happened. I asked Grant Wells. You know, it was a little bit of a slow start in the second half. We seemed to find our rhythm. Was there something schematically that that Old Dominion did that you know kind of kind of made it a little bit more difficult? So Tech, based upon the film last year and how they played us last year, was preparing for a four man front. Old Dominion came out in odd, which means they had three da- three down linemen, and they were basically, um, you know, daring Tech to run the ball. Excuse me, daring Tech to pass the ball. Uh, but they came out in an odd front, so it was something that we needed to adjust to. Um, and I believe we did to the second half. As much as in that first quarter, man, I was like, this, this, I, I don't like this. And then we were able to establish a much better, um, a much better routine and. Uh, and get the ball moving and have some explosive plays, which was probably the thing that bothered me the most last year was our lack of ability to make explosive plays. They turned us over on, on downs early in the game uh, in the red zone. We kicked two field goals when we were positioned in the red zone. And we also obviously kneeled the ball down, you know, at the three yard line at the Mm -hmm. end of the game. Um, Easily could have scored 50 points on Saturday night. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so, you know, this is this is the one needs to improve segment. I think we all would like to see the Virginia Tech Hokies score more points. Uh, that being said, Bill, there are a lot of things from Saturday that we loved. What was number one for you? Number one for me was 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 Grant Wells. That's my that's my big point. I mean, he was 17 for 29. He had four touchdowns, 278 yards all purpose. Um Look, did he have some overthrows? Yes. He also had some really bad drops on the other end. Um, I thought what I wanted to see from Grant Wells was no turnovers, and I wanted to see him looking confident, and I wanted him to look like he understood what he was doing. And all three of those boxes were checked. So I absolutely loved that. I loved the fact that we gave up zero sacks. We didn't even really give up any pressures. I think uh, Grant Wells was flushed out of the pocket once in the red zone and was able to scamper for like – Eight or ten yards. He almost scored. He got tripped up. Um, our pass rush was absolutely excellent all night, um, and the pass rush is what st- is what stood out when I made this observation. I put it in my notes during the phone, during during the game. I was watching um, Burgos and APR just looking over to the sideline to get the play, and I was like, very similar to Rodney Rice with basketball. I was like, we don't have people on our team that look like that. Like that is not what a prototypical defensive end at Virginia Tech has looked like for the last two decades. Um, and then when I saw Daquan Felton, I felt I I thought the same thing. I was like, that looks like an NFL wide receiver. Like he is huge. He uh, it, it is not the fact that Old Dominion's corner is small, which he was. It's the fact that Daquan Felton is massive, which he also is. So um, that really really stood out to me. Just the amount of size and athleticism that is on this roster that we just quite frankly haven't had. I don't even want to say in the last few years, I don't remember anybody who's looked like that ever. So let Greg cook. I agree with that. Uh, you know, Grant Wells turned the ball over four times against old dominion last year. Grant Wells turned the ball over zero times on Saturday night. He made smart decisions and Grant Wells was a solid game manager on Saturday night. If Grant Wells goes out and you know has a stat line of 17 for 29, four total touchdowns every single week, we're going to be in a good position to win a lot of football games. Um, yeah. We're not asking we're not asking him 
to go out there and be Marcus Mariota. You know, um, this is this is the Grant Wells that we need at Virginia Tech to win football games. Manage the game, make smart decisions, don't turn it over. That's it. And and he did a great job. He came in and said, hey, I was extremely confident. We could tell. I know there was a little bit of, you know, yippiness in that first quarter. Settled in. Um, thought the two-quarterback thing was a little bit interesting. Um, it was weird. It wasn't interesting. Yeah, super yeah. ineffective. <laughs> um, it was probably going to be, though. Like, I'll say this. Like, unless the other quarterback comes in and <laughs> – scores a touchdown everyone's gonna be like what the hell was that like it was gonna happen at some point um i am just of the mindset and i've been of this mindset all year i think grant wells is talented enough he can make all the throws that we want him to make he has a more talented room and he's as far as i'm concerned he's our guy so um you know i coach said he was gonna do it at some point he did do it at some point he was honest about that I'm interested to see what that looks like going forward. He is a massive body out there. Um, and honestly, I don't know if the lack of effectiveness for Kyron Drones was as much of a reflection of him, Kyron Drones, as it was. I don't know if anybody could have ran behind the movement and the uh, effectiveness of our offensive line last night. So I, I don't really want to say, well, Kyron Drones is just not it because he came in and didn't look good. Um, I think you could have put Emmett Smith in the backfield and he wouldn't have been able to run against that front. So, um, but it's, there's no denying his, his size, his athleticism, mm -hmm. um, and some of the different things that he brings to the quarterback position. I mean, right now, like from our sample size with drones, it seems like a Quincy Patterson situation. Yeah. He goes in the game, you kind of know what's coming. Um, mm -hmm. and until our offensive line is able to open up gaps for our running game, we're going to see the same result every time, you know, Malachi couldn't bust through. Facial tune couldn't bust through. Kyron Drones, uh, you know, is, is going to have similar results at this point. Uh, but back to things that we're loving. Oh, I loved uh, Diablo fan account showed a video of this, and he probably gets my um, he gets he gets my grid award for this week. It was Basial Tootin throwing his sticking his face in there and picking up two blitzing linebackers in the uh, in the A gap yesterday uh, on Saturday. I'll put that in the post game uh, write up, but it was, it was awesome. It was a it was a great find by Diablo fan account. And then the last thing that I have, um, last thing that I have was it's just the power of the transfer portal. The wide receiver room went from the worst room on the team to arguably probably the best room on the team. They looked absolutely fantastic. Um, and hats off to the coaches. Hats off to. Um, everything that made that possible to get that room turned over. Because if this is, if this is 2008, I don't know what you do with, with, the, with the receiving room like that. So this is the benefit of the new era of college football is uh, your ability to go out and your ability to uh, restock and reload. I mean, scored four touchdowns on Saturday and all four of them were from the transfer portal. Ollie Jennings had two. You had a Jalen Lane connection from Grant, and then Grant ran for the other score. Obviously, we know Grant came from the portal last year. But yeah, that, that's the general theme here. The contributors came from the transfer portal on offense and on defense. You had Tootin, who he looked like a good back. You know, like early on, the guy makes the first guy miss every single time he falls forward. Him and Malachi are a solid one-two punch. Um, Ali Jennings is going to be a star 
at Virginia Tech. Five receptions, uh, 72 yards, two touchdowns. Daquan Felton looked good. He's massive. He's absolutely huge out there. Jalen Lane is speedy. Looked a little bit like Tavion Robinson. We're in the 83 uh, on, on punt return. Uh, and then, you know, speaking more on the portal, APR was fantastic. Six tackles, two sacks, forced to fumble. Um, really just seeing this team year over year completely elevated due to Coach Pry and the rest of the staff hitting the portal and capitalizing on that. Um, additionally, I do want to comment on our pass defense. Our pass defense was great. Um, Grant Wilson in the ODU passing attack only threw for like 80-something yards. Um, they targeted Monsoor Delane and Dorian Strong eight times for one completion of six yards. Uh, this is from Chris Coleman's tweet. Dorian Strong had the pick in the third quarter. He returned it for 32 yards. That means that the Tech defense actually outgained the ODU offense when the Monarchs targeted Virginia Tech's corners. Uh, that's that's 4D right there. D-Lane, Dorian Strong, Derek Cantine, and Coach Derek <laughs> Jones. Uh, big time, big time stat column. Uh, check mark here uh, with an interception from Dorian Strong. If we're doing some hot take tracking, um, and we're let's continue the hot take tracking. Billy Bryce Chalkley says Ollie Jennings, 10 touchdowns, double digit touchdowns. He's already got two, only needs eight more to uh, be the second Virginia Tech wide receiver in school history to do double digit uh, receiving touchdowns. Special teams looked fantastic on Saturday night. You got Tucker, who almost took it all the time way. Out, time out, time out. I don't want anybody else returning punts. Or kickoffs, or then Tucker Holloway for the first, first for the first four quarters of the game. Tucker Holloway was on the front line of uh, of kick return, and then towards the end of the game, I was like, "Damn, man, my my guy Tucker. I guess he's not going to be returning any punts or kicks." They put him in on the last one, and he almost scores on the last one. So um, I love him heading up that unit. That's nothing against Jalen Lane or anybody else in the team. Uh, I think they can all be really good at that spot. I just think Tucker in particular is the best guy that we have at that spot. Jay Lane, two punt returns for 20 yards. Um, also solid. I mean, guys are just putting us in good position. Uh, we had a blocked kick. It still went in, um, but good to see the, uh, the field goal block team almost uh, preventing that one from going in. We had a safety, obviously safety, the first points of this campaign, you know, what they say Billy, right? Safety first. <laughs> I would like to say, I think, did I have him as my, I'm pretty sure that I had, yeah, I had Dorian Strong as my uh, defensive player of the year, which uh, as of right now through one week is, is aging pretty well. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll do a hot wings uh, and hot takes. Check in. We'll go through all of them here soon. Uh, let's see. Last few things. Five sacks, great. Uh, winning the turnover margin is also not just winning the turnover margin, not turning the ball over at all. Yeah, plus three, uh, two fumble recoveries, and Dorian Strong's pick, and uh, ball security on the offensive side of the ball. One big thing, Billy Ray, you already talked about it, but dive in a little deeper. It's Grant Wells. I mean, again, I, the guy caught 
endless flack all off season. Um, name the starter. Again, I kept coming into the season. I said, look, all I want to see out of him is contr- uh, is command, understanding, taking care of the football. He did all three of those things. He has an awesome. Uh, I'll go ahead and say it. he has a star-studded wide receiver group. They're they're awesome. I'm, I'm interested to see how they stack up against the rest of the ACC at the end of the season. And I'm also interested to see how we mix in some other positions. How is the tight end going to get involved? What does the offense look as the season progresses? Um, so I've been a believer all off season. His arm talent is there. The ball that he threw to Jennings in the corner of the end zone was fantastic, which was set up by the fade route that he threw to Jalen Lane on that same drive. Uh, and he also has the ability to scamper around, make plays with his feet. So um if the Grant Wells fan club is one person, it's me. I, this is another observation shout out. I don't know how. For some reason, the cell service in Lane Stadium this year is way better than it was last year. Like, like freakishly better than it was last year. Um, Are you and sure? Was, is, this, is, this, is this a no, Billy no, Ray experience I, or an everyone experience? No, this is a Billy Ray. Well, well, I can't speak for anybody else. I can only speak for myself. But I did hear multiple other people say it. I was able to fire off some tweets during the game, which I've never been able to do. Um, and I said, uh, after like the second quarter, it said this account is a uh, is a Grant Wells fan account. And um, but no, the the service is definitely better. Tweeted us your personal experience, but I heard multiple people say I'm able to send and receive text messages on game day, which is not which is not normal. Which is not normal. Pat, your phone was dead in like the like the first quarter, wasn't your phone? Didn't your phone die, or was it close to dying? No, I, w- I was on airplane mode, and uh, well, but yes, I was on the Wi-Fi. I was on the Wi-Fi, and I had texts coming in. I didn't. Yeah, try look to get at all on these. The look at all these. T- these are all during the game. I was getting tweets off during the game, dude. Look at that. Had, had yeah, no we're clue. back. Shout had out, no shout clue. out to to whoever. I mean, everybody's mad about the the jerseys and the LED lights, and and Wit is in the back uh, in the background here making stuff happen, making my texts go through, turning my texts blue. Very well done. It's big time. Uh, my one big thing is newcomers. And a lot of newcomers did their thing and made favorable first impressions. You get one opportunity to make a first impression, and they got to do it under the big stage, under the bright lights in Lane Stadium on Saturday night. Um, you know, whether it was Keyshawn Burgos, whether it was APR, Daquan Felton, Benji Gosnell had a nice little scamper late in the game. You had Ali Jennings, who is going to be a star. I already said that. I'm saying it twice. I, I think it's Ali's dad, Billy. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think but, so, too. Uh, on the field before Sandman, we're looking up into the crowd, and there's this guy wearing this T-shirt. It says, Popcorn Jennings. We're like, All right, that's awesome. And then he's holding up this sign, and it says, A mattress is more comfortable. Don't sleep on VT. And we're like, well, this is this is fantastic. You want know to talk about getting me fired up. Um, Ollie Jennings is going to be special here at Virginia Tech. Basil Tootin made solid first impressions as well. Uh, Jay Lane, we know about that. Um, anyone else? Derek Canteen had a solid game. Yeah. Fired up for the newcomers. Fired up for the newcomers and not just guys that, you know, Daquan Wright, we saw him out there. I think he had a big. Did Daquan Wright have a catch in the red zone uh, near the section five? He area did, and he's wearing number eight now. And I wanted, I yelled at Boone, like Greg Boone, who you know, very similar size and stature as Daquan Wright. Good to see him wearing the number eight. 
Uh, yeah, so that, that was big time. Yeah, it's gonna be. Um, look, and again, it's the first game of the season. Probably didn't show everything. And big game coming up against Purdue, and Purdue's gonna be angry because they just lost to San Jose State. I think Tech opened up as one point favorites or one point dogs. It's a, it's like a one point one point line. So, um, big one next week. This is new. We have a new we have a new segment um, that is uh, from our our friends over at PBR. And Pat's showing off the hat here. What is uh, what is the segment, and what is uh, what is your submission? We love our friends at Pabst Blue Ribbon. This week and all season long, you guys are going to get Pat's Blue Ribbon. I'm going to be giving out an award every single week uh, to something that I saw on the field, around the game, around the environment. So uh, I could give this award to any individual contributor on the team. I could give it to a position group. I could give this to the staff. I could give it to Mother Nature. But ultimately, Billy Ray, we are a community at Virginia Tech. We are a fan base. We're going to get Bryce up in Section 5 on Saturday against Purdue. You know what he's going to say, Billy? You know what he's going to say? He's going to say, be a fan base. He's going to say, let's be a fan base. My Pat's Blue Ribbon. I'm pinning it on Hokie Nation's lapel. Uh, what a crowd. What a time. 66,000 strong. Whether it's freaking out on this. I don't know if it's new. The noise meter thing that they do. And they like track the decibels. Mm-hmm. Really cool. Getting really loud for that. Um, the Benny's competition. That was fun. Um, I do think instead of trying to eat a whole Benny slice in 30 seconds, I think we should extend the time to one minute. Yeah. Um, because those first bites, did you see how fast they were trying to eat those first bites? Well, and all of a sudden I've, having some chewing issues. I felt like the guy on the right didn't understand it was a, a race. He kind of like, he was just kind of eating it at a normal, a normal pace. And on the subject of weird things that happened on the video board, how about APR saying that he he was naming ice cream flavors and he said salt and vinegar and mayonnaise and apple. I've had none of those ice cream flavors. And you've eaten a lot of ice cream. I, I eat all the ice cream. I do. Uh, you had Margaritaberg, RIP Jimmy Buffett. Uh, oh, my gosh, dude. Had uh, Margaritaville and a nice tribute of uh, everyone in the stands turning on their LED phone lighting. Uh, that was cool. I saw some tears during that. People were crying. Yeah. On a similar note, um, not to bring bring the mood down, Bill, RIP to the lead singer from Smash Mouth. I yeah. really hope that we're going to have a similar tribute on Saturday against Purdue with All-Star. Yeah. yeah. Great song. Anonymous with Shrek. Mm-hmm. One of the best Child songs of all time. Yeah. I don't know if it's one of the best songs of all time. It's, it's one of the more recognizable songs of our of our of, of that decade of time. Um, but yes, a, a, a tough week in the, in the musical industry. That was, um, that was something else. I did see a bunch of, a bunch of awesome tributes across sports, um, uh, for Jimmy Buffett, which was really, really cool. Um, but the crowd was awesome. The crowd was fantastic. I, I, I tweeted this out after the game. I don't know that there are a lot of programs, not just in college football, but like fan bases of anything. Uh, where your team goes three and eight and you open up against, you know, a small group of five school or uh, an opponent that usually people don't get excited for. And it's sold out. It's loud. 
People are invested for four quarters. I looked over at North End Zone midway through the third quarter, early in the fourth quarter, was still full. Um, it's just, it's just awesome. Our fan base is awesome. I love us. I love us so much. There's, there's nobody in the world like us. So, um, special evening, epic afternoon. Hey guys, this is Ali Jennings the third wide receiver for your Virginia Tech Hokies. When I committed to Virginia Tech football, I committed to the best. That's why I chose Harvey's GM in Radford. Why settle for less when you can have the best? Go to Harvey's GM for all of your vehicle needs. Tell them Ali sent you. That's Harvey's GM, Tyler Ave in Radford, or go to their website at harveysgm.com for more info. This is, uh, we're coming around the corner. Guys, we're going to get better at this. This is the first game. Every time we do our first, uh, our first game rewatch, we're, we're still, we're still getting the segments down. So be, do bear with us a little bit. Greasing the wheels a little bit. Letters to the Lunch Bail brought to you by our friends over at Sharky's. Head on over. It's where good friends go. Long Island iced tea with some Sprite. Shout out to our guy, Matesis. Considering the pros, this comes from our guy. Um, who did this come from again? Was this Steve Bryce? This is Steve Bryce. Considering the pros and cons we saw Saturday night, wide receiver strength, O-line run blocking weakness, etc., with road games coming up after Purdue, is Saturday the most important home game of prize tenure so far? Woo! Matt. I don't see why it isn't. You know, you know, Billy Ray, the most important game in Brent Price's tenure is always the next one. And that's, that's what he right. would tell you, too. That's what that's he right. would tell you, too. That's right. Um, um, yeah, you get an opportunity to play a you get an opportunity to play a team from the Big Ten on the road. Coach Pry is quite familiar with the wares of the team from West Lafayette, Indiana, the Boilermakers. You know mm. what they say in Texas? Horns no. up. We do horns down. Boiler down. <laughs> Let's make this boil turn to a simmer. We should boil um, some PBRs this week. <laughs> that, that would be disgusting. Um no, it's a huge game. It's a, it's a huge game. It's against a team. Like I said, this entire schedule is against solid teams that are going to make us find out and learn and show if we know how to win. And um, look, if this game was on the road, we're probably dogs. This game's at home. It's at noon. It's going to be a beautiful day out. I hope you're loud. I hope you're proud. I hope you impact the game. Yes, this is probably the most important game of Coach Prize tenure at home so far. Bonus question. Does Colorado's season win total double or triple UVA's season win total? I think it might quadruple it because I think UVA is going to win one or two games. Um, They play JMU this weekend. I do not anticipate them to win that football game. Um, They're going to be really bad. And I'll just say it. I've been on the Colorado Deion Sanders train since day one. Uh, I don't mean to call people out. Ed Williams, I told you so. I I told you so. Papa Mitchell, I told you so. Uh, You don't have to like the way that he carries himself, but guess who does? Recruits and people that play in the football games and donors, they love it. 
the amount of fundraising that is going to happen at the University of Colorado, the amount of fun that is going to happen at the University of Colorado is going to be Colorado um, University. See you. It's like see you, whatever. Either way, the amount of awesomeness that is going to go down in Boulder over the next couple of months is going to be is going to be really cool. This is the most fun that fan base has had in 20 years. I am diving in to the Heisman Trophy futures. Yeah, I think should I think Shadur and Travis Hunter are both like fifth and sixth. Uh, so Shadur, Sam Hartman is now. Let's see. Looks like he's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth. Sam Hartman looked so solid at week one. I'm sure he looked good on Saturday as well. Where's Shadur Sanders? Okay, Shadur Sanders. Oh, sorry, this is not in order. You guys, I'm sorry. Um, but Shadur Sanders is plus twenty five hundred right now. With the Heisman Trophy, Sam Hartman is plus 2,000. The favorite is still... Where's, where's Travis Hunter? Travis Hunter. Is Travis Hunter on here? I think he's 27 to 1. Travis Hunter is plus 1,200. Okay. And Jordan Travis is plus 900. I mm. said my hot takes that the winner of Jordan Travis, Jaden Daniels battle that we saw last night will win the Heisman Trophy. Jordan Travis is looking... Quite favorable after last night. Um, other college football stuff. FSU out SEC to SEC team made the ACC look good. Love that. Is the ACC back? Many people are wondering. Um, second thing, one of the stupidest things that happened this week was everybody freaking out about Mac Brown uh, grabbing Shane Beamer. Um, you have to do about six seconds of research to realize that Mac Brown and Frank Beamer are like best friends. And no, Mac Brown was not trying to kill Shane Beamer. He's just old. And he probably wanted to say one more thing. And he grabbed them in a, in a, in, in the wrong spot. So ease up. I'm usually not a Carolina defender. Number one, they look legit after what they did to North Carolina. And number two, Ease up off Mac Brown, man. He's a nice guy. Probably just got confused. Probably just missed his mark. So ease up off Mac Brown. I will say, as much as I defame Carolina on here, uh, Mac Brown is a stand-up guy. Mac Brown is a very, very, very good person. And you know how I know that? Because guess who speaks more highly of Mac Brown more than anyone that I've ever read about? Frank Coach Bean, Bean. loves so, the guy. So that's all you need to know about Mac. Mac is a great guy. I I just don't like the colors that he wears. I agree. I I like the colors. I don't like the I don't like the I don't like the school baby <laughs> blue. Not football sick. colors. Baby blue is sick. well. Ole Miss would tend to disagree with you. Um, like Ole Miss has a, his, a history of greatness that wasn't even like. That's not even true. Yeah. Um, Sharky's uh, Sharky's shout outs, other stuff from game day. We'll make this quick. Shout no, out. To- I got a long list. I wrote, you, you got to pull up your notes app, Bill, and just read. I have it. I'm looking at it. Okay. Um, shout out to Scooter. Did a great job with the pictures all night long. Shout out to Mike Conway, who made his way back to Virginia Tech. Super excited that he was able to do that. Thank you to Trey Turner for coming over to section five. We had a great time. Hunter Couture was rocking the Michael Vick jersey, ran into him. I mean, if we go through the list of everybody we saw, we'd be here all night. But uh, And shout out to PBR. Austin, really excited to be working with you. Really enjoyed the uh, the tab and the friendship. Ran into him again in the stadium. 
Um, and shout out to everybody I ran into at the game. I did a lap around Lane Stadium. And um, if you're listening to this, and uh, whether it's coming up to me, coming up to Pat, coming to somebody else, every time somebody tells me that they love the show, that they've been listening for however long, I love this segment, I love this interview, that does mean a lot. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'm always surprised at how many folks opt in to, to listening to me run my mouth sometimes and Pat run his mouth sometimes. So it is, it is greatly, greatly appreciated. Um, and thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, I have a parking pass for Purdue. I'm trying to sell by the way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me run down the list here. The marching Virginians played danger zone. I don't know if they played danger zone last year. That was fun. Uh, the student who was wearing the LeBron orange jersey and kicked the field goal, well done, won $1,000. I think they were saying it was it would have been good from 40. I don't know if that's true or not, but definitely good from 30, 35. Um, Seth Carltong, if you know, you know. Hell's Bells on third down. No. this is You know, you know where they play those songs, Billy? No, at the NFL game. They play them. They play them at the NFL game, but they also play them at Carolina, and they play that song at UVA on third down. And we are not synonymous. We are not going to be synonymous with those two programs. So um, hopefully, last time we heard Hell's Bells in Lane Stadium on a third down. I would love to hear you know that song "Split" by Tiesto. I think we've yes. made a few references to it. Play that out of a timeout. We're on a big defensive play. You know, definitely some more originality there. The core tried to start the wave. What was the score? <laughs> uh, I think we were only up like 10 points. So, hey, all for the wave when we are up three scores with the ball in the fourth quarter. That is the that is the uh, the requirements. And glad that, you know, it didn't get going, which is fine. We're just going to leave that there. Justin Harper, the tight ends, and I think he's the assistant, or uh, he leads the offense at ODU. Justin Harper is a uh, phenomenal former Virginia Tech wide receiver. He was part of that 2007 team with Eddie Royal and Josh Hyman and Josh Morgan. Um, you know, one of the better receiving cores in Hokie history. Uh, Justin Harper won a Super Bowl with the Ravens, and it was so cool to see him. Uh, just down in front of our seats on Saturday in Lane Stadium. We started a Harper chant uh, at some point late in the game, and he like looked up at us and blew us a kiss. It was freaking sweet because uh, you know he knew he knew he was home and he was happy to be home. But obviously, it's tough to uh, to try to strategize a game plan against you know a Virginia Tech defense on the road in Lane Stadium. But shout out to Justin Harper. I thought that was awesome that he was there. Uh, a tailgate note: Stop by Ann Castle's tailgate. This just goes to uh, how much we love Sons of Saturday uh, following in fanhood. But Ann's tailgate was playing Summer Song by the 555, the song that you're going to hear in like five minutes when I'm done my <laughs> long monologue here. Ann's tailgate was playing Summer Song by the 555. She's like, yeah, I downloaded it. We got it on the tailgate playlist. That was so cool. Uh, let's see. Shout out to Abby Barlow, representing the Barlow family in Section 5. Uh, I, you know, that might be 
That might be it. Oh, Stephen Collier and Taylor Tannebaum. I thought that was sweet that uh, Stephen was helping out Taylor and the uh, ACC Network sideline reporting crew uh, all evening. Shout out to both of them. What a spectacle. Sam Stewart, thanks for the sideline passes. That was awesome. I had a had a ton of fun. I loved that. It was totally unexpected, um, and uh, got me a great photo with the maybe the ho- maybe the hokey bird is cool. Maybe maybe I do like his outfit. Maybe we don't need to rebrand. Um, and, then, and then Bill, we had some great conversations uh, before kickoff with Mayhul rocking yeah. his Benny's custom Benny's Virginia Tech polo. <laughs> that was very funny. Um, that was awesome. Saw uh, Kendall Fuller, Greg Stroman, Raymond Miner, Eric Banks. Um, who else did we see? Ryan yes, Willis down on the field. Um, yes. It was a great time. It was it was a great time all around. And um, Coach man. Young, KG, Coach Young, Levy, and, Young, and Mrs. Coach Young, Foster. Young, yeah, Coach Foster, everybody, man, it was it was a great time. Coach Giltner, Coach Webbs. I mean, we could go on and on and on. It was great. We love everybody. It was fun. I have a boat to catch, so I do need to leave. Um, we should play that song. Huh? We should play that, that summer song. Time know. for summer song. We'll see you guys in a week. Go Hokies. Go sports. Happy Labor Day. Enjoy the games. Enjoy, enjoy the games. Later, Two y'all. plus 12 and a half. All right, everybody. Monday, September 4th. Enjoying Labor Day weekend here. In Lake Kiwi, South Carolina, is about 11.30. And I am joined by our Athlete of the Week this week, Grant Wells. Hailing from Charleston, West Virginia, Grant is entering his second year as the Virginia Tech starting quarterback. Against Old Dominion in the season opener, he went 17 of 29 with four touchdowns and 278 all-purpose yards. First time on the show. Grant, welcome. How you doing? How's the body doing? How you feeling? Oh, I feel good. I uh, appreciate you having me on, man. Awesome. Awesome. I know this wasn't your first rodeo, but for a lot of your teammates, it was uh, transfers, freshmen, a lot of new faces. First time out, first game of the season, itching to get out there. All the buildup, all the anticipation, you run out to enter Sandman, the crowd is going crazy. What do you do specifically to keep yourself calm or keep the jitters from from creeping in? Yeah, I mean, I, that could have been my 50th time running out. It's going <laughs> to seem like the first. Um, you know, you're never going to get used to running out. Uh, especially on a Saturday night in Lane Stadium. But, uh, no, I know it was the first time for a lot of guys. And, um, you know, I could tell the whole team was juiced up uh, and ready to go. It was a long, long wait to, for an 8 p.m. kickoff. But, uh, no, the guys were guys were amped up, and I thought they played really well. You've been asked this a million times. I'm going to ask you a million and one because the game's over, and we, we all saw it now. Uh, Ali Jennings, Jalen Lane, Daquan Felton um, – I want to talk about them, but I want to talk about the entire wide receiver group. How much of a difference did it make not only to have the additions, but also to have a full year working in the system and having an entire offseason to get some chemistry with that group this year? Yeah, it makes a world of difference. Um, You know, with those guys being their first year, we spent a lot of time in the offseason getting to know each other, getting to know um, the kind of receivers they are, what kind of routes they like to run. And, um, you know, they are all mature guys they've all been playing at at a high level for some time so it was just getting to know each other getting that chemistry down Um, and once we had that I I knew um, I had a lot of confidence in they were going to show up on Saturday 
um, and play well. And I think they did. And, um, you know, the more reps we can get, you know, the, the better we're going to feel about each other. Speaking of chemistry, I think one thing that, you know, it's the first game of the season. Everybody wants to lock in on one thing and say, this was awesome. This wasn't that awesome. Two things that I want to ask you about. First and foremost was the offensive line. Everybody wants to talk about the run game, but nobody wants to talk about the fact that you basically had a clean pocket the entire game. So can you talk a little bit about that offensive line? A lot of shuffling going on. How How is the chemistry with that group and what do you want to say about their performance on Saturday? Yeah, they all played, they all played great. Um, you know, that was a group that was a little bit young. Um, you know, they needed a couple snaps in them to get uh, their confidence in. And I think it showed that they played better as the game went on. Um, like you said, I mean, there was no pressures, no no sacks or anything like that. Anytime you can have that, um, that just builds their confidence. That builds my confidence in them. Um, I knew they were going to play well, but, you know, you never know when the lights turn on and, um, you know, you have a different color jersey in front of you. But, but no, I'm excited about how they played. Um, you know, I think that they have a lot to learn. I think the whole offense does, but uh, but they're going to improve the most once they get in and watch the film and um, and, so, and go on to next week. Last question I have about the game specifically. A little bit of a slow start in the first half, first game of the year. Was there something schematically that Old Dominion was doing that uh, led to that slow start, or was it more so jitters? Was it a combination of the two? Um, what do you attest to that? Yeah, it was a combination of the two, but I think, you know, we had prepared them for pretty much a four-down front um, all week. And, um, you know, they came out, came out and odd, that three-three-five look that we really weren't prepared for um you know we expected it a little bit but not the whole game like they did so it took some getting used to it it took some um you know changing the run schemes that that we were going to rely on heavily that week but uh but i think once we made those schemes um once we made those changes and um really got rolling in the run game that that helped a lot but uh but no it was a little bit of both i think everybody was excited to play but uh but i'm excited about how how we adapted throughout the game and um you know that shows a lot of maturity in the offense grant this is this is my million dollar question for you and um it's it's important to me because i have seen how dialogue like this affected teammates of mine whether they be quarterbacks whether they be at any position um last year wasn't ideal for anybody and the quarterback position is one of the hardest positions on the field not just because of the on-field requirements having to know where everyone needs to line up but also the noise, the opinions, and the unsolicited feedback that comes your way. Um, how exactly did you handle that this offseason? How did you handle the negativity? And, and I don't want this at all to come off as a anti-fan base thing because we have incredible fans, but that's always the way that it goes is the quarterback is going to wear, um, wear a lot of it. So how did you handle it, and how did it make you better? How did it motivate you going into 2023? Yeah, last year was tough. It was tough on – um, everybody in the, in the facility, I think, you know, we, we knew we could have played a lot better than we did last year, but, um, but yeah, it took a lot of growth. Um, you know, I spoke to some people that, that really just implemented that, you know, people are going to have opinions about our offense and that's none of our business. Um, you know, people are going to have opinions. I love that. I mean, we have the best fan base in the world. So, um, but at the same time, we can't really, uh, pay too much attention about that. We have to understand that we have enough in our offensive room that uh, we're going to be able to make some plays, and uh, we have to trust that. We, uh, 
we're playing with some confidence right now. Uh, I think that's only going to help us. And uh, we pretty much have to focus on, on the what's in the building right now. Um, you know, the better we play, the the more amped up our fans are going to get. Um, and that's, you know, as much, as much motivation as we need right now. And I have to imagine it felt awesome in the locker room post game. One of my favorite memories from last year was after the Liberty game, seeing you guys so elated because the biggest thing that I said last year was the, the wins and the losses didn't necessarily shake out the way we wanted them to, but the team never quit and the team always stayed together and seeing them, seeing y'all push through against Liberty and seeing y'all win on Saturday night against old dominion. Just talk about how much you guys love each other, how much that meant to you and how great that feeling felt to bring in the season the right way. Yeah, this team has been through a lot. Um, you know, a new quarterback last year, a couple of new receivers this year. I mean, a new coaching staff last year for the guys that were returning. So um, this team is really close. We've we've been through a lot. We've um, struggled in the off season, but I mean, this is a really close team. Um, you know, and you can tell during practice during the off season that you know guys are relying on each other. Guys are competing against each other. Um, and that's something you really can't coach. That's something that uh, it's hard to come by. But when you have it, you have to build on it. Um, you have to embrace it. And I think we are. I think we're playing with uh, a lot of confidence right now. And I think, um, you know, we have a lot to build on. I think, you know, we we, uh, we left a lot of plays out there on the field. And we have to understand that and, and learn this week. Um, but, no, I think we, we have to understand that we have enough in this in this building right now to, to achieve all our goals. Um, you know, we just have to stick to it week so that's it for ball we're done talking ball i got some i got some get to know grant wells questions for you um are you superstitious at all do you do anything before you lay your socks out a certain way certain playlists before a game do you have any type of pregame superstition that goes on no not really um i mean i kind of listen to the same couple songs right before games but um you know i'm not you know, extremely superstitious, but I do like to stick to some sort of routine, sort of um, do the same things in kind of the same order, but um, not really too much. What is your, if you could have anybody, four people join you for dinner, dead or alive, who are the four people that you're bringing to dinner and where are you going to eat? Oh, uh, where we're going to eat somewhere is seafood, probably, um, Probably Reds in Charleston, West Virginia, or Charleston, South Carolina. It's one of my favorite restaurants ever. Um, four people, probably Dave Chappelle, um, Tiger Woods, um, I don't know. Let's uh, Tom Brady, and I don't know. Someone with a lot of. A lot of conversation, probably probably another comedian, probably Nate Bargatze. Okay, okay. What about you? Uh, you mentioned you listen to the same songs. What do you? What what are you listening to? What does Grant Wells listen to? <laughs> the one song that um, I listened to the last is "The Red Nation" by The Game. Basically, okay. I listened to um, Rob O'Neill said that was his last song before he went. And, killed Osama bin Laden so um I heard that a couple years ago and I just I don't know why but that that's definitely the last song I listened to isn't that the uh it, don't the Chiefs play that the Kansas City Chiefs play that in their stadium or something like that I think I, think I don't know did. I mean it's a pretty popular song but um I mean you have the game and you have Lil Wayne on that song so I mean you don't I get you. better than that uh who is the funniest dude on the offense 
Um, Daquan writes funny in his own way. Not very outgoing, but um, mm-hmm. when he does open his mouth, it's usually really funny. Um, yeah, I'd probably have to go with him. Okay. And then the best and worst golfer on the football team. Best golfer, I'm going to say Nick Gallo. Um, if I would have to pick a partner on the team, it'd be him. Worst golfer, um, I'm going to be pretty mean here, but he's not on the team anymore. But Drake um, was Drake Deulis. Oh, yeah, I love playing. Him. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to hate Drake. That. Drake's just there to have. Drake's just on the golf course to have a good time. He doesn't care. He doesn't care which no, way he is. No, we have a lot of guys on the team that play golf. Right before camp, we kind of we had like 20 guys out there that. Uh, we we had a fun time, but I don't really know the worst. Where do you usually are you usually going to the hill or you go to uh the river course? Where do you usually play? Yeah, the river course we, we spend a lot of time out there and then when we can get on the country club we can we get out there. So I remember back in my day, it was Scott Leffler and I could do an entire podcast on the quotes and things that he would <laughs> say that he says all the time. Um what are some of like the Coach Bowen isms that he says all the time. Is there is there a couple of quotes that just stuck out that he says all the time? There's a yeah. Um, there's a couple that I know he wouldn't want me to share. Um, I don't know. I know. He, I mean, here we go. I mean, he says here we go a hundred times <laughs> in practice. I kind of got that from him. I'm starting to say it. Other than that. Um, I don't know. There's a lot that, that I know. Yeah, let your mind run wild. We'll 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 keep it to the G-rated ones. I'm sure <laughs> Coach Lefty had a bunch of ones that weren't, weren't podcast worthy. Um, Grant, here's the last one I have for you. Pat Finn and I were both over 25. You could call us unhappily unmarried. Grant <laughs> Wells, happily married. Do you have any marriage advice for anybody um, for anybody out there? Just just give us give us the key to success in a happy marriage, Grant Wells. Um, first of all, she's always going to be right. Um, you know, yes, ma'am. Um, that goes a long way. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, it's great. I mean, she's it's uh, it, it works a lot works really well for me because when I get home, um, I kind of leave football here and, and kind of go home to her. So um, that way it works really good for me. I know a lot of guys on the team are married um, or, have, or have girlfriends like that. So, um, you know, it works well for me. But, uh, you know, the one thing that I've learned is, you know, she's always somehow right. <laughs> Grant, wishing you the best, uh, all the best the rest of this season. Thank you so much for your time. And um, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Yeah, man, I appreciate it.